0: All right. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Modest Conversations. I'm here with an old friend, Amanda Payton, who first met, what was it? Dumbo, 2009. You were technically working as a VC, but really working on a Twitter book. Correct.
1: (laughs) Correct. Well, I was working on software to take a Twitter feed and turn it into a book, like a digital physical journal.
0: Makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, now working on another writing passion project that's coming along?
1: Yes, that is uh, more purely in the in the physical book sense. But uh, yes, I've been working on that for f- or a couple of months.
0: That's awesome. Yes. And so welcome to Modest Conversations. Thank
1: you. I'm really excited to be here. Um, when we were emailing, you mentioned your old meetup, Y plus 30, which I feel like is perfectly in the storyline of all of these conversations. So there are no excited. new ideas. Exactly.
0: So yeah, so what 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 is our conversation about today? What's on your mind?
1: So I would like to talk about the future through the lens of the morning routine, because awesome. I think that that is a good way to get a sense of how a breakthrough product can come about. So if you think about it, one thing that we were just talking about was this idea that when the iPhone came out, people would say, "Well, why would you ever look at your iPhone in bed when you can look at your laptop in bed?" And <laughs> I, find,
0: I find this hilarious, both because it's like that is not where I thought you were going, but also because literally before you came in, I was upstairs using a laptop in bed. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> <laughs> And now, you know, for me, I, the first thing that I do, and I'm very ashamed to admit this is when I wake up, the first thing I do is I look at my phone and, and that was not how it was when I first got the phone. And it took years for that behavior to sort of set in, but now it's definitely the sort of the first thing that I do, um, to start the day. And so I really think that sort of the evolution of a morning routine can give you a good sense of what the future will look like in 10 years, 20 years, 50 years. And so that was my my proposal topic to you was That sounds awesome. What is your what is your morning routine? What the, does it look like now? And what is it gonna look like? Have in you ever 10 seen
0: years? I'm very excited for this conversation. Have you ever seen a book called Daily Routines? No. It's great. It's this book that basically is I think it's like on the order of probably 150 to 200 like very notable people, successful people who've done interesting things, Ben Franklin or whatever. And all it is is every chapter is one person. It's usually two to three pages. And it's how they spent their days. Like Mm -hmm. what was their actual routine every Mm -hmm. single day? It's Mm -hmm. pretty sweet. You should check it out. But first let's have a conversation with no knowledge and then (laughs)
1: Okay. Great. Um so one one thing that I've noticed about myself is I've started using my Alexa more in the mornings. So for example, what's the weather? uh, what's the news, those sorts of things. And now that all goes through Alexa rather than through my phone. And it was an, uh, almost instant replacement. So I did it once and then I did it the next day and then I never
0: looked so back. So that's you. You're an early crazy tech adopter. Yeah. If we're talking, what are we talking like one year, five years? Do you want to start 10? Where should yeah. We start? Let's
1: start with 10. Fine. I think one in five is going to be like a little bit of a shoulder shrug. Fine.
0: So let's do 10. Yeah. So in 10 years, what, do you think it'll be mostly common that you'll wake up and say, good morning, Alexa? Or will Alexa say, good morning, you? And when you go back to it, it'll give you your morning routine, your weather, sports.
1: Well, so I don't think that it's ridiculous to think that in 10 years there will be certain, let's say, sensors that you put on your bed that can sense uh, movement to the point where it knows when you've woken up, right? Yep. So it can tell the difference between a shift and a fully, I'm um, getting up now. Yep. And so it's then, if you think about that, it's not ridiculous to then say, okay, so it senses that you've woken up and then it says, hello, Sam, how are you today? So,
0: okay, let me push you on this one because it's a fun one to start with. I have a lot of echoes in this house. I'm super into the direction in certain ways. Yeah. But- it's so inefficient. Correct. Right? Like, I, to listen to the thing ramble on. The reality is, is I would rather it have like a micro projector in it or something, mm-hmm. right? And the voice input's great, but my view is like voice input's awesome, but visual output is so much more efficient. Like, yeah. won't it just be sensor goes off, my wall lights up, right? With like the information I care about.
1: Sure. Yeah, I don't think that that's out of the question at all. I think that that also, though, comes back to this bigger question around why has the connected home been mostly hype up until now? Yeah. Which I think,
0: I mean, so, okay, so let's talk about connected home more broadly then. I mean, I think the in my mind... The reason the connected home has mostly been hype is because most of the stuff in your home is, like, pretty expensive and slow cycle time. And the reality is, is – I, I can't remember who said this, but someone said this. I thought it was a really good point, which is, like, a connected toaster is still a toaster. Yeah. Right. It's, like, most of what it does is toasting, and the yep. fact that it's connected isn't that valuable.
1: Right. But <sighs> I would then bring up um – Two film examples. So one is Pee-Wee's Big Adventure okay. and two is Back to the Future. Ooh. And it's one
0: you... one iconic film and one not so iconic film.
1: Fair. <laughs> well and so if you think about these two films, there was there were these home displays that were just seemingly straight out of the future. Sure. And yet these movies are so old and almost none of the products that have been displayed are actually available sure. in your home. And and that is is curious to me because I think that, you know, especially people who work a a regular nine to five job where they go to an office, their morning routines are generally pretty similar. Yep. Um, and so if you are someone who, for example, drinks tea or coffee every morning, you have a way that you do it. Yep. Why is that not totally automated?
0: Interesting. So, okay. So we've gotten, so far we've gotten you going back to the 10 year out of bed. Somehow some system is going to know you're awake. Yeah. Right. That's pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, Probably some some people might if you, if you still wear glasses, yep. right? Most people have LASIK by then. But if you're still wearing glasses, mm-hmm. then maybe you're going to get the audio version, which is going to be slow. Of yep. good morning, Sam. Da-da-da. Most people would just be like, fine, glance over projection on the wall. Much more efficient way to ingest yep. information you need mm-hmm. of like the shot in the morning.
1: Yeah,
0: walk downstairs make myself some coffee, or there's there's still going to be coffee in 10 years.
1: Yeah, I I think that coffee is enduring. I think that (laughs) coffee is, I would say, the great connector between the eras. The most
0: basic stimulant will still be there. Yeah. And, I mean, how many people, I'm actually curious even now, like, I guess it used to be, there actually has been disruption in this, right? Because it used to be that most people probably made coffee at home, and now I wonder if Starbucks meaningfully shifted that.
1: I would love to see statistics on that.
0: What would you guess? (sighs) Do fewer people make coffee at home now than they did in 1990?
1: I think yeah. Okay. I do. I do. I think yes.
0: Okay, fine. So it's shifted to Starbucks. Does it shift back into the home? Or are we kind of on a, like, don't do it at home trajectory for the next 10 years?
1: Well... Uh, For that, my mind just went to Peloton, Um, weirdly.
0: One's downstairs. I love the Peloton. Right?
1: And so Peloton is, I think that that was a very short cycle, but it was, okay, you have to go to the spin class. You have to leave your house. And then all of a sudden it was, it inverted itself and it's like, here's now this Peloton. Got it. And so do you think that there is someone who is working on or will work on even at Starbucks or a third party company and machine that basically makes something that is almost identical to a Starbucks beverage in your house? Hmm.
0: Maybe. I don't know. It's an interesting question. Like I'm definitely 10 years out. I'd put strong money on me still for sure having coffee. Mm-hmm. I actually am now obsessed with this instant coffee called Alpine Start, mm-hmm. which is the start. Do you know these guys?
1: I've heard a it's few delicious. instant coffee startups.
0: It's delicious. Yeah. And so for me, it's like we have a hot water on demand. It takes one second to make a coffee. Yeah. And I do make it more now than I did before because of Alpine Star. It's like no mess, no hassle, whatever. Right. Um, but it's an interesting question about on the average person in 10 years, will it be will Starbucks continue to have a tailwind or is like... Is it Alpine Start? Is that the innovation? Is there some other innovation, right, that pushes it back into the home?
1: Exactly. And, and I don't think that it's out of the question to assume that it will come back. Um, but then again, the, the big question is around, do people go to Starbucks because they want the coffee or do people go to Starbucks to have a meaningful interaction with another human to start their day?
0: In a digital world. So that's the other thing is like the, the, the lonely digital world right. where I'm at home and things are projected to me. And I make my instant coffee. Yeah. And I could go to work, or do I need a shot of outside work humanity?
1: Right. Well, and that's, I think, like.
0: If you'll excuse the shot pun.
1: No, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that, I think, and this is like a maybe worse shot pun, but th- this also idea of, okay, will there still be nuclear families?
0: Yeah. In ten in 10 years? years. In oh, ten my years, God. Yes. That's a little okay. aggressive. In 10
1: years, yes. In 50 years, I think probably still yes. Um, But who knows?
0: But in a 1,000 years. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Okay. So, is there any... I'm curious what you think. Like, we're still at 10 years. We'll move... We'll keep going, but I'm curious. Yeah. So, I somehow got some caffeine in my system, either Uh home or somewhere else. Yeah. I have some information. At some point, I put clothes on. Are clothes going to change all in the next 10 years?
1: I... So I've been kind of obsessed with jumpsuits lately. Um, <laughs> I've been
0: trying to push overalls back into the context. Yeah.
1: And, and you know, I, I, I wonder, right? Because the only reference that I have is to think about, you know, 10 years ago, 100 years ago, what were sort of the norms then. Yep. But the problem with that line of thinking is that the velocity with which things develop now is so much faster mm-hmm. that... Maybe it's better for, you know, to think about what's going to happen in 10 years to look at 30 years ago. Yeah, fair. And so, yeah, I mean, in 10 years, clothes will definitely still be a thing.
0: Fair. Clothes or will be sorry. a thing. And then what am I going to put in my pockets? I'm going to have – I mean, the sign, the era of the George Costanza-Seinfeld wallet is over already. Yeah. Right? People are kind of down to a few credit cards and a phone.
1: Yeah, and some people just have, like, the little pocket on the back of their phone right. and don't even have a wallet anymore.
0: Yeah, I mean, frankly, I'm basically walletless. Um so I, is that going to be
1: house keys? What do you think?
0: I don't use them anymore. Yeah, I have, I have, I have uh, electronic locks. Right. So those are gone. Yeah. You can ten or longer.
1: Do you ever have an issue where you get locked out, or you wish you had a physical key? No. Right. So I would say, I would say that car keys, probably yes. I mean, we could have a whole autonomous vehicle conversation, but you can save that for some other modest conversation. But I think that if you think about the keys that people have, it's usually car keys and house keys. And I think that in 10 years, house keys can be totally eliminated.
0: But will they be? I agree they can be. Yeah. But like, I just put actually new electronic locks on the house because our garage got broken because we live in San Francisco. Yeah. And, um... yeah, they're like two hundred eighty bucks a pop. It was kind of annoying to have some guy come and replace them. It's kind of the same argument with other home appliances, although mm-hmm. locks are actually relatively easier than, like, your stove, mm-hmm. right? Which mm-hmm. is, like, pretty hard just because it's annoying to replace. Like, do you think, like, do you think we'll be over 50% on smart lock penetration in 10 years?
1: <sighs> That is a hard question because my, the the idealist optimist in me wants to say absolutely yes. Because yeah. why should we have keys? They're stupid. People lose them. Oh,
0: they're the worst. They're
1: the worst. And they should die. <laughs> I just think they should. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, these things... Endure, right? And and you don't. The other thing is the reason one one of the reasons why so many people bought phones and because and the way that that adopted so quickly. Part of it was that the phone is an entertainment device, and so
0: most of it is, yeah.
1: And and so to say, oh, well, do you want to pay two hundred bucks to not have house keys anymore? It's like, well, I'd rather spend that on soda, lotto tickets, movies, games, like, whatever. And yeah. and so I just, I want it to go away, but I'm not necessarily sure that All it right. will.
0: so me loan people are still going to put keys in their pocket. Yeah. They're going to walk out of their houses. Yeah. I assume if they're in an urban area, they're probably getting in a car they don't own.
1: Interesting. If in they 10 live
0: years. In, in an urban area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In a car they don't own. or I mean, They're not, let me rephrase. They're not getting in a car they own. Yeah. <laughs> they might yeah. be getting on mass transit or a bike or something else. Yeah, An electric bike. Mm-hmm. Um, Ubers. Yep. Probably still with drivers.
1: Yes. Totally. Yeah. Totally. I think so. I agree. I think so. Um. And then they're going to work. What do you think about people, what do you think about the work from home numbers in 10 years?
0: I don't even know where they are now. Yeah. Where are they now? I think small. Yeah. I think pretty small. I love modest conversations. I know.
1: Well, I have facts. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: Um, you
1: go to your job
0: I I think you probably still go to your job now do you go to your yeah I, I, I think most people now one counter argument to that yes to make counter arguments um we went through a revolution of people working more flexibly, but all the time. Like the trade off of having a phone, right? It mm-hmm. was like you don't have to be in the office quite as regularly because you're, but the trade is you're always reachable. So people work all the time. Yeah. But, you know, it's a little more flexible. Mm-hmm. I think as a lot of service jobs get turned into systems, right? right? Like where it's not like we currently live in an, I feel like an environment where there's like very, manual hourly labor and then there's like, the type of work like that is like pretty unmeasured, mm-hmm. right? And kind of like go as you please, outcome oriented. I assume I, I believe we're gonna go through a massive phase of measuring work, which is actually good. It'll help people be more productive and more focused, like get more done in the time they're working and then not work more of the time. Yeah. But you could argue that if more measurement comes online in a good way, then employers will be, broadly speaking, more okay yeah. with people working from wherever.
1: Correct. Yeah, and so then...
0: So that'll probably be a continuing trend, but there's probably not like a corner in it, right?
1: Right, right. Probably just a
0: continuous march. hmm Okay. Yeah. So let's assume you're going to an office. Yep. get to the office, what happens?
1: Well, this, I think, brings up a big question about interfaces, mm-hmm. because... If you think about it, that is where a lot of the big sweeping changes have happened. So going from a desktop computer to a laptop, going from a laptop to an iPhone, um, there's been a lot of talk around what will replace the iPhone. Yeah. And in my opinion, in 10 years... Something certainly will, but unfortunately, I haven't heard anything good that I immediately think that's the thing.
0: Well, what do you give? Use give use some imagination. What do you think? What like what hasn't? I mean, people will pitch you on VRAR mm-hmm. in ten years. Is that a primary interface for anyone?
1: I am so Meh. Me too. On VRAR.
0: I think it's a joke.
1: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, and so. I just, I just am not sold on that, that that's it.
0: Okay, so that's not the paradigm. I totally agree with you, by the way. I yeah. think it's, like, complete hype bullshit. Yeah. Um, and the reason I, is, like, basically VR, just from a pure, from a utility standpoint, is just, like, lower density screens slapped on your face. Yeah, do um, you
1: want to have an Excel spreadsheet in a headset?
0: In what I want is in in Minority Report, yeah. um, But that's not even close to what we have. Right. When we can have Minority Report, then maybe I want it slapped to my face. Yeah. But until then, I mean, I am a lot faster with a QWERTY keyboard and like a huge number of pixels on a massive flat panel, right? Um, than I am in some kind of virtual environment.
1: Yeah, but then is that a weakness of us?
0: I don't think so. Honestly, yeah. like I've thought a lot about this, mm-hmm. um, especially because I now have a kid and it's like, okay, like we're doing like a no screen thing, at least for the foreseeable future. Okay, And some technologists will make the argument that that's a huge disadvantage. Like they should learn how to exist in virtual. And I don't, I don't agree at all. I mm-hmm. think like the reality is, is like, um, it's just like, it's a simple matter of like pixel density, yeah. right? And like speed. Mm-hmm. Um, And the reality is, is like, I think it, what's much interesting to think about like a screen is an output device and a keyboard is an input device. The more interesting thing would be on input side than output side in my mind, right?
1: Yeah. Right.
0: Mm-hmm. Like output is output is output. Like you can get cool ways to use more data to like understand numbers better. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is effectively what half of us do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so but... then
1: what do you, so then what do you think about voice as an input?
0: I love voices and input if it works. Right. Um, the problem with voice is that it doesn't work. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> so
0: Finn for I mean, we're really invested in this, right? Finn yeah. voice works, but it works because we use a human computer hybrid. Yeah. Which is really, really awesome if you have complete commands that you can dispatch and then not think about anymore, right? And you can trust a service to take care of them. But that's not usually how work works.
1: Yeah, right? I um, have a fun big company. Gossip story to share. Mm. I will not tell you which company this That's came fine. from. It's fine. I
0: will easily be able to guess. But <laughs> uh,
1: it was a, a bunch of strategy people in a room talking about voice. Yeah. And one person said, okay, so let's say someone says, help me buy a car. How do we monetize that? And just the thinking of, how long is it going to take to get to the point where you can get meaningful output from a voice-to-text on buying a car? Is, I mean, how long is that going to be? Like, do you think in 10 years you'll say, help me buy a new car?
0: So, I here's an interesting counter-argument. Yeah. I actually think you will say that in 10 years. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. but you ready? Mm-hmm. It's not going to be cleared by computers. So, this is what I mean. It's like, a computer can understand, buy car. Right. No problem. That's like a thing you can do today, not yeah. a big deal. Figuring out how to dispatch that to the right service, mm-hmm. which then can be tech-enabled, use identity, etc., but ultimately is hooking you into a person. Like, here's the real question is, when I say, help me buy, tell the internet, help me buy a car, God, is that a bad experience, right? Mm-hmm. The internet is bankrupt for that, right? Yep. Why? Because it is so focused on the monetization of ad inventory. And frankly, it's not personalized enough. And so the actual answers I get back are crappy, right? Yeah. Like that's not, it's, it's not going to be, help me buy a car into some text box, at least in the traditional internet paradigm. And like you get back a Google search, results, it's going to be any good. I do actually believe that when you reintroduce humans into the loop mm-hmm. um, with the right incentives, mm-hmm. right? And the right context, that's going to be great. Now, in fairness, does it have to be voice? or text, doesn't really matter, right? Yeah. Um, but I actually I actually think there is a big opportunity there. Like, this is like a core thesis.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> so if you say, so let's just say, as an aside, you're at work, you're taking a break, you're looking for a new car. Yeah. What is the process that you use in 10 years?
0: Yeah, I probably am not speaking it, because the other thing that's happened, right, in workplaces is they've become, because of open floor plans, they've become pretty silent, mm-hmm. right? And I don't think we're going to go back to an office world. Okay. Um, just because there's no point, right? Like your workstation is effectively a laptop. You can plug it in anywhere. If anything, people will move more, not less. We're just going to like have spaces for meeting.
1: Here's a question. And I'm going to reveal with this statement, how little I know about science. Um, is there a way to build invisible walls that block sound?
0: I mean, I've seen, uh, I've seen crazy Kickstarters and Ted presentations. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't think that'll be the type of thing that people would invest a ton in the next. Like, if you're just like, how does that actually reach the market? Yeah. Right? Someone's gonna be like, we have invisible walls. And like, everyone's like, eh, like, <laughs> do I really need that? Right? Like, that doesn't seem that awesome.
1: Right? I don't know, though. I mean, if I could be in an open floor plan and have a geofenced bubble around me that is soundproof, <laughs> maybe that's not 10 years. I mean, I feel like that's
0: probably more useful in like airports. The Fair. cone of silence technology. Yes, yes. Um,
1: That's a little tinfoil hat, though, so.
0: All right, all right. So, okay, so we're, we're at work. We are we agree that we're probably in 10 years not doing anything with VR, AR seriously. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be some toys. It's engaging fun stuff, but it's not, like, real. Yeah. Let's just, like, use that as an opportunity to go one click into the future.
1: Yeah.
0: 30? What's the next step out? <sighs> Should we, we do 30? Yeah. Okay, so it's 30 Yeah. VR, AR. Am I doing it at work or not?
1: I, my follow-up question to be able to answer that would be, do you think that there is a world where you don't wear the huge clunky headset?
0: <laughs> yes, I absolutely think that there is that world. I don't think it's 10.
1: Yeah, but is it 30?
0: 30 is a really
1: long time. Yeah. I
0: think at 30 you have to start talking about like, Fundamentals of like not inventing like fundamental areas of s- no fundamental research change right, uh-huh. but everything applied is applied.
1: Yes, but I mean, given hopefully we'll be lucky enough that we will still be alive. Thirty, at
0: I, ho- I hope we're still around at thirty. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and and we so- might not
0: be, but let's let's hope we. Yeah, are. let's hope. Well, let's hope we're still working at thirty.
1: I I, we're I not that I old. I know, I know, and so I think if you. Assume, okay, in 30 years, I'm going to put on a set of sunglasses that will be fully virtual reality enabled. Does that change your view on it?
0: <sighs> Probably.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that if you can get, if I can, I mean, I wear glasses in general. And if you told me that you could project on the physical surfaces, Really high definition objects that are super data dense. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that does change it. Because I think what you'll end up with, for instance, is like, honestly, like, the biggest input will be like actually just projecting things like keyboards into space, right? Mm-hmm. And gesture based um, actions. I think that's probably like the fastest way to communicate in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And so I think that'll be a big deal. Um, so you'll be typing in the air. That I actually do believe. And then in terms of output, it's really interesting. Something you said earlier, I totally agree with, which yeah. is that the phone is actually an entertainment device. It's not a utility. It's like the great, the great uh, trick mm-hmm. of the smartphone yeah. in terms of American work right. was convincing employers that everyone needed access to a smartphone all the time. Right. Because I mean, I actually think it's probably, like, the biggest productivity suck imaginable, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when I started working, you're old enough, just barely also, we both started working. Like, I remember, like, Facebook was actually banned at my first job mm-hmm. the first, like, year. And mm-hmm. then it, like, broke through and became unbanned. And, like, I just think, like, if you back out, like, what does it mean to be at work anymore? You're still using YouTube. You're still using Facebook. You're doing all the same stuff you would do at home, right? right? And so, like, that's been the great trick, of the phone is like, everyone's like, oh, it's a productivity device. It's not. It's an entertainment device that has some productivity features for most people. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting if you move into even the next step on that, VR, AR, like what ends up happening there. And the interesting thing is I don't actually know that VR and AR in 30 years even, ready for a thing I'll probably be wrong about. I don't actually know it'll be more productive. Right. It'll be more fun though.
1: Well, and that is, so so that's an interesting point though, which is if, if you think about the, let's say, um, Forbes 500, you take the top 50 companies. They're all competing for the same talent. They're all competing for the highest productivity, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And, and, you know, you include the top private companies in there as well in the mix. How Do you believe that they will, due to competing against one another, figure out a way to increase productivity by essentially cutting out all of these distractions? Like, Do you no. think that, that is going to be a movement that will happen over the next 10 years or the next 30 years?
0: Probably not. Well, let me rephrase. I actually think it won't happen. Well, it depends. You're getting in a lot of wells. <laughs> um, I think broadly... It would be very good for the world to move more towards a work hard, play hard um, framework. Where here, here's a way to think about it: you know how the French effectively have 30 hour work weeks, mm-hmm. which is the most ridiculous thing you ever heard. Yes, I actually think Americans do also.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right, the only difference is. The French have a rule about it, yeah. and in theory, at least, it should be: when you're working, you're working; when you're not working, you're not working. Yeah. Americans just kind of like, oh, sort of work all the time and don't work very hard in the office. So you, because we're diddling on our phones all day. Yeah. And so the interesting thing, question for me is: I could imagine a cultural movement of work hard, play hard. Where some here's what would happen: some company would say, "Look, we're cutting our work weeks to three and a half days a week, mm-hmm. but they're really intense days." If you want to play, go play at home, right? And, yeah. play, and play for real, like be with your family, do things in the real world. Don't be like half engaged all the time. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think there's a very huge economic incentive to do that. Mm. So I don't know how that actually plays out.
1: But in 30 years, so, I, so what you just said, I think is actually, whether you want it or not, a millennial rallying cry. And the reason is because I think that something that is very misunderstood about millennials is that they're lazy. When, in fact, they're not lazy, I think they're more efficient and efficiency-oriented. And so when you say, oh, work three and a half days, I actually find that really appealing. Like, I would rather work 12 hours a day for three days and have four days off than work 40 hours and commute and this and that and go to stupid meetings. I
0: It's interesting. I agree with you, but I wonder if you could pull it off, right? And what I mean by that is, like, I mean, there are people who advocate this. I actually haven't read it, but, like, there's the the often, at least, headline-quoted Tim Ferriss 4-Hour work week. I have not read it, and I don't know what the actual arguments are in it in Mm -hmm. terms of... But the idea being, like, just be really focused and get stuff done... I don't know. I actually don't know the book. Yeah. But the upshot is, is like, it's not like a new idea that you just like work fewer hours and work more efficiently. Right. The question is is like, would you just like leave your phone at home? Like you got, I mean, I know for me, like I'm absolutely addicted to my phone. For sure. I hate it, but it's true. Yeah. Right.
1: So, um... Working on this writing project has made me very, very self aware in terms of my own work habits because writing is one of the only things you can do where you yourself is the only input. And so when you know, if you're an investor, maybe your life is flexible, but you have people you have to meet with, you're scheduling with people. That's sort of a give and take. You have meetings, this and that. Um, when you work at a company, you have meetings that are dictated, et cetera. But when you're writing, you set everything. Yep. And so I. it is only now that I have started turning off my internet and my phone during the day. Mm-hmm. And it was shocking to me because what I started to do is to text people who I would text regularly during the day and say, okay, I'm going to turn my phone off now. Like yeah. as if they cared, which they didn't. Yeah, And I started to notice that, okay, I would turn it off for two hours. I would turn it off for four hours. And even turning off my phone for a seven or eight hour stretch, no one cared. Yeah. Like I was not missed (laughs) and, and this is really, um, uh, this was a little tough. I think it's actually really tough on your ego to turn your phone off for eight hours and find that nothing has happened in your absence. Yeah. Um, and so that was really difficult for me at first, but then I found that I was so much more productive. I was so much more mentally sort of stable and, um, And I just started getting a lot more done and I started doing better work. And so then all of a sudden that's kind of snowballed. And then now I just turn it off during the day. All right. So
0: let's go back into the the framework of like the morning routine. So you're going to wake up in 30 years. Yeah. 30 years right now. Yeah. I assume some shit's still getting projected on your wall. Mm hmm. Probably. Same way as 10. I don't P- think sh-
1: Probably incredibly efficient bulbs um, yeah. and perfect brightness.
0: Perfect brightness. Yes. Fair enough. So you're not like hungover with the, like a wake up hangover thing. Yeah. You're feeling great. You come downstairs, you're still going to have coffee.
1: Uh, 30 years? Yeah, I think so.
0: Okay. Coffee's still in the game. I mean,
1: we'll still be alive and I don't <laughs> want coffee to go away.
0: Okay. And so, so coffee will be like this old thing that, that old people do?
1: <laughs> I well I don't know. I think that no, I think that co- I think that coffee is the historic, historically enduring substance.
0: Fair enough. So coffee you know is the last man standing. Yeah. I'm definitely not using a physical key. I definitely don't have a wallet on me. Right. Yep. Right. Yeah. Um I maybe I'm getting a self driving car, but I still kinda of doubt it. I think we we'll probably still have
1: some people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. 30 is a
0: long time i'll probably be wrong about that but i always will take the the long negative bet on that one
1: do you think cars will be bigger or smaller in 30 years
0: i have no idea what's your framework
1: well uh my thinking is that they wax and wane so cars get bigger then they get smaller then they get bigger then they get smaller
0: i think it has to depend like so i think houses will be smaller Right. Because if more is on demand and you just don't have to locally cache as much stuff. Yeah. Right. And so I think that that'll probably happen. Um, so the logical extension would be like, if you have really good logistics, then cars can be super small. Right. Because like, yeah. you just like, I need an umbrella and the umbrella car rolls up. Right. And it just, just has room for umbrellas. Right. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. I that's, I don't think that's 30 years out. I think cars will probably be about the same size.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, maybe a little bit bigger just because things tend to get bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so you do all that. Now, the real question in all this is, like, how many days a week are you going to work?
1: Yeah, in 30 years. Three? Four? Well, one would hope, but there's that famous study that people always reference about... I forget when it was written, but but it was about, oh, well, in the future, which is now, people are going to work five or ten hours a week.
0: But the thing is, I kind of think they do. Yeah. Like, that's the really upsetting thing about all this is, like... Really, really intense focus work. I even said about myself, like, I wish I were better at this, and I'm trying very hard, but like, you don't work as many hours as you think you work.
1: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree. I mean, you get paid I,
0: for 40 hours, maybe, but you're not actually working for 40 hours.
1: I spent an hour today, a full hour, reading about Francis and the Lights on the internet. Yeah, that's not great. Really, not related to my work. I that's just, fine. You're allowed to do
0: that. You're yeah. allowed to entertain yourself. You just be clear about which is which. Right. Yeah. Well,
1: and that's, and and I think that that is, people have, the mentality has shifted where people just think of that as part of their work day. It's like, oh, well, I'm just like futzing around. But if you actually set a timer of, you know, here's when I started thinking about this and yeah. clicking around and reading. So
0: my hope in 30 years is that we will have had some sort of more cultural there is some technology component to it, actually, because you need a lot of data to do this. But I think there is hopefully a social component, too, where people do try to do this trade. And what they say is, like, look, I'm going to measure the crap out of my day. Mm-hmm. Like, I should at least know how much time I'm actually working and not working, right? Yeah. And then make rational and good decisions about when i'm going to work and when i'm going to not and how that'll how that'll affect. So
1: me let's together. so let's say hypothetically there is a top of market company, so an emerging tech company or a hedge fund something like that which aims to recruit like the absolute smartest best people. Do you think that 30 years in the future, or even before that, they could come out with some sort of recruiting tactic that's like, we only work three days a week? They kind there.
0: of already casually have. Yeah. Right? Like, again, I don't work there anymore, and I haven't worked there in a long time. But my understanding is Facebook is basically a four-day-a-week workplace. Yeah. Basically, everyone takes Wednesdays off at mm-hmm. this point, right? Yeah. Um, that's not by any means formal policy, but right. because of commuting and things like that, at least in San Francisco, that's kind of my casual understanding of what's happened. Yeah. Um, So yeah, at least, I I don't know, I think it probably, the question is whether someone's going to come out and just say it, Mm -hmm. right? Or whether it'll be kind of more of a casual thing, where it's like, ah, yeah, like, you know, you know, it'll kind of back into that in some form. Right. Um, But it would be an interesting tactic. I mean, the problem is, is like any big company, like the incentive to say something like that is pretty weak.
1: Is it though? Especially for companies where their entire market advantage comes from having 10x people. Yeah,
0: I mean it's a really interesting question. I I think okay. So if your assertion is is that in thirty years a re- th- one of the tactics mm-hmm. um, will be a four or three hour a uh, three day work week, um, I could I could believe that for some people. I mean, you again, like this is already kind of happening, like. Extensions of paternity leave, et cetera. Like there's right. a there's a huge benefits war going on for the town ta- for talent right now. It's not yes. even a comp
1: anymore. Well and so then it all trickles down because, you know, people who worked at Facebook had iPhones as part of their tech package. In I don't know 2009 2010 whatever it was. Now people who work you know in some mid level position in some industrial equipment company in Columbus Ohio, they get an iPhone as part of their job. And like yeah, that took them until 2016 to institute that. Yeah, that's
0: a fair point. I think that's a fair point. I think it is interesting to think how these things ripple through. I mean, it's actually quite bad. For, like, the overall wealth of society, mm-hmm. because it basically means, I mean, it means that we're shifting. I mean, this actually makes a lot of sense to me, which is I really believe that we're shifting to, like, a multi current back to a multi currency existence. We went through this blip in the last hundred years where it made a lot of sense for people to focus their activities around earning dollars, right? Because a lot of the luxury goods you wanted were produced in these huge supply chains Yeah. and were expensive, like. Cars and refrigerators and so you had to earn dollars to buy the luxuries. Right. But as we kind of and this goes down to like what what really good stuff are you gonna to want to buy that's expensive? It's like as all the things we want to consume or a lot of them become digital, super cheap to produce at scale and like etc. Then like you could make an argument which is like, Yeah, actually GDP, which I make frequently, isn't gonna go up very much. That right. doesn't mean we won't be happier or better off. It's just we're going to trade back for leisure time. Well,
1: and that's the millennial cliche of like I just care about experiences. Yeah, you know, and that and that's its not
0: cool. wrong though.
1: No, and and I don't think it's wrong, and I, I think that part of me really believes in that. Um, it's a
0: lot better than the '80s cliche or the Trump cliche of like I believe in you know golden skyscrapers. Right.
1: Well, and if you look at um, uh, luxury trends in China right now, which I think are really fascinating because it's such a new, new, newest money out there. Um, Louis Vuitton. When I I lived in Beijing for a year, and Louis Vuitton was the thing. And that was in 2006. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, anyone can, can get an LV bag. So now, you know, there's been all of this movement toward different types of luxury because the.
0: Is that actually happening in China right now? Absolutely. There's so a Bloomberg the, article. What's this the weekend. new luxury in China? So the Are new, they getting into the experiential market?
1: Yeah. So the new luxury in China is I have a horse with an Hermes saddle.
0: <laughs> but it's still like consumption oriented. I mean, the, the interesting thing about China is they work so hard. Yeah right they make silicon valley like i mean it looks like makes us look like france like they okay. you know it's 6 days a week until midnight not necessarily productive all those hours but the expectations around working in high octane companies are literally like would break any american silicon valley
1: kid right and so that um, i think though that's the question about 30 years from now is are we going to go through this period of Less work will be trendy for a 10 year period. And then all of a sudden, some will wake up and be like, wait a minute, I'm going to go back to working people to the bone.
0: I don't think so. I just like the problem. You'd have to come up with something people want to buy. I think the problem is like we're running out. Not, there's so much growth to go. And every time I say things like this, I get yelled at because I'm talking about obviously the top of the market. Yeah. Right. But like if once you've cleared a certain threshold, and a lot of these tech workers have, mm-hmm. right? It's like, what are you enticing me with that I need dollars to buy? Right. Right. And if you can't entice me with dollars to buy, then, like, I have very little incentive. Right. I guess, I guess the answer to that would be and is now mission orientation. Mm-hmm. Right. Where, like, the new the thing that companies are selling now is you should work for us not for the money, but because you believe in the thing we're doing. And it becomes – it's almost like a social good as much as anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's really, really hard. I guess I, I wonder if that becomes competitive enough. Is doing Can you make doing good competitive enough to keep people sustainably highly engaged over long periods of time?
1: Mm, I mean, I don't believe that the majority of people who are right now under 40 will most, I don't think most of them will be able to stay at a single company for 10 years or more. No, I agree. Yeah. So I've mean, i guess, I've never
0: stayed at a company for five years. or more. Right.
1: So I guess my answer to your question is no, I don't, I don't know. Fair enough.
0: Anyway. Yeah. All right. Anything else we should add about the world in 30 years, the morning routines? We kind of got off topic. But only sort of, right?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I think just to, to bring it back to coffee, which is I don't I don't know why this is something that I've become so fixated on because I don't even actually drink coffee in the morning; <laughs> I drink tea.
0: Which, by the way, I was going to make the point is actually the much longer standing tradition, not coffee. Fair,
1: no, totally <laughs> fair. Um, but I do think that that speaks to you can you can glean a lot from that right because if people switch to using more disposable cups at home then all of a sudden global paper spikes up you know and if you think about okay is there going to be automation around these coffee pots is there going to be are we going to get to a point where we don't have night tables anymore but there's like a coffee machine like a tiny little coffee machine that's embedded in the wall next to your bed and so you have
0: wait but you were talking about coffee in your bed
1: yeah don't you like coffee in bed no
0: that's fine. I'm just like that's. I was thinking I was going to my kitchen. This is like getting served to me in bed.
1: Yeah, this is basically you cut out no. a piece of the wall and you you embed <laughs> a machine next to your bed. So if
0: you're like having company over in the morning, you're like, and you're like, would you like a cup of coffee? They're like, yeah. You're like, cool. i will go to my bedroom. I'll be right back. No, I
1: mean you can still you can have it downstairs. Oh, it's not
0: mutually exclusive.
1: No, <laughs> no, you can have as much coffee as you want. People, I mean people. I don't know. People keep beers all over their house, I guess. Some people do. Um, but I think, yeah, I do think – I don't think it's ridiculous to assume that having a coffee machine somehow embedded into your bedroom is ridiculous, especially in 30 years.
0: <laughs> cool. Well, I look forward to my 30-year future. I'm going to have two coffee machines. Yeah. Just because. Yeah. I guess I cut some holes in my wall. <laughs> we could do this right now. Yeah. Jessica's out of town she comes back and you're like why are there two coffee machines and why is there a huge hole in the wall
1: hey man it's the future
0: it's fun hanging till the next time yes